Shady Pines Radio. Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. I'm your host, Chris. This is my co-host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. And on today's uh, episode, we've got special guest Patrick Thomas Perkins. That's me! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, PTP, as he likes to be known, is uh, a comedian here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he's also got a podcast that we're going to be talking about today, where you're going to learn all kinds of shit. It's uh, it's going to get a little heavy today, guys, but it's going to be fine. Okay, we end on a happy note. One of us has Muppet legs, and I'm going to leave it to you to guess which. If you want to find out, check it out after this. StickerNinja.com stickers can advertise your band, but how about your business, your event, or yourself? Sticker Ninja has a sticker to fit your need. Sticker business cards, bulk label stickers for your startup product, classic bumper stickers, and stickers in any shape or size for your art. Locally made, high-quality vinyl in full color, UV and water-resistant. You design it, they print it, you stick it to the man. And right now, if you use the code SPR10, you get 10% off your order with free domestic shipping. Sticker Ninja's got you covered, and using SPR10 gives you an even sweeter deal. Check out StickerNinja.com and use SPR10 today. Sticker Ninja! Hang on, little nubbins. It's me, Space Ghost. When I'm not rubbing my tubbin on a hug a bumpin', I'm listening to Zach himself right here on Shady Pines Radio on a little medium we like to call Bridge City Passages on Thursday nights from 10 until midnight. Bridge City Passages on Shady Pines Radio. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Thomas Perkins, ladies and gentlemen, is our special guest today, and he's just now learning that Zoom will always get your consent about recording. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate consent. It just tells you it's happening. Like (laughs) that's better than it used to be, though, because I used to not even do that. You're right. I mean, there's at least a warning. It gets to the traditional model of consent, which is, I'm going to do this. Don't say no. That's right. <laughs> well, no, no, it's, I'm going to do this. If you disagree, say no and leave. Yeah. <laughs> Just none of that is good. None of that is much closer to better. Way to go, Zoom, being in the 21st century. I'm Look, it's still better than 
what the president before the one we have now. So <laughs> and know, it's all about levels. Oh, oh Zoom. man. <laughs> Zoom's just like I moved on you like a <laughs> gonna grab you like a Oh no, we didn't oh shit happening. I believe anything called luck. There we go. Okay. There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, just my uh, my house Wi-Fi was like going on the blink, so I just went to the other one. Uh, now I got nice. you. All right. Yay. Uh, now today's gonna be weird because normally we have like no idea what we're gonna talk about at all. Uh, but you actually have like a thing to talk about, which is fantastic. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys know her? Do you guys normally just pick people up off the street and hope that it works? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. That's why Jinx has been on this show four times. Like, <laughs> that's right. That's I used to uh, I used to do a thing called the interview po- interview interview talk show. T I T S, so I could call it tits. Nice. And uh, uh, it was very much the same model of like I don't I don't necessarily have a thing, but you're cool. Let's talk. So like it's I think it's a good it's a good way to do this. Yeah, it's keep it's it, a nice, fun new way to make friends. Honestly, yeah, keep it keep it home format. Let let the guests decide where we're going. You know, we we don't want to drive. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then uh, I'll I'll pretend like I'm a professional or whatever. Um, nice. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> I wanted to talk to you guys about my own. I have a podcast that I just started releasing called Recyclables. You can find it on Patreon and Spotify. Sound professional, don't I? Yeah. Um, but in particular, I want to talk or I want to get people to uh, watch the mini series that we kind of start off with called The Cost of Convenience. That is about the history and impact of convenience stores on people. And spoiler alert, they're fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, I think I could probably. And like, it sounds like it's specifically yeah. the impact on the people that work there. Uh, yeah, specifically on the people that work there. There's a little bit of the historical context. Like, I try to. I try to give some idea of how the first episode is the history of grocery stores just to show because it it starts like it, it, there's a weird journey where it's like kind of just one person's job and no like you just show up to the store and you get stuff. And there's a point when it becomes like a social element where like like you want to dress up to be seen to go shopping and like because of that, it impacts other things. So I do the first episode is grocery shopping. The first episode, the second episode is uh all convenience stores, specifically actually 7-Eleven, because they started it. And then uh, we tell the story of Plaid Pantry in particular, because I worked there and I led a boycott. But they're also um, uh, a really unique story um, because one person owns it like the whole time. AMPM and 7-Eleven, they kind of go through different ownership changes and like different boards and directors and whatnot but this this company is kind of one dude's thing from 1962 until spoiler alert he dies in 1989 and because the business is his the whole time you get to see really the evolution of the industry under one person and and the the impact it has and uh the 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 fourth episode is actually the impact it has on people and then the fifth episode is uh kind of suggestions for ways to help people like like and things people have done that have worked and things that people have done that have failed uh wow so if yeah so i hope people check it out because there's a lot of stuff people 
I'm hoping people listen to it and then realize they have the ability to do something to help each other and then do it. <laughs> I guess a big hope. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing like a long form um, version of what John Oliver does. I, I guess I was thinking more, I was more inspired by the dollop and behind the bastards. Uh, but it is kind of, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, John Oliver is right inside that same idea. I'm just like the poor white trash version of John <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> like, like I didn't have, like, he's got, um, he's got like researchers that would do right. the stuff I did. So like, I, I, I spent like the last year or two digging through the Oregonian archives and just reading all the, all those stories about all the robberies, all the, like, um, the, this big thing that the dude did was he invented the bottle return process. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, before, before Oregon got our bottle return bill, like three, two or three other States had tried it and they were thinking of getting rid of it. Cause it was, it was a weird setup where like you had to take your cans back to the manufacturer that they came from. So like all of your Red Bull cans had to go to the Red Bull factory and all of your Pepsi cans had to go to, and they weren't even cans. They were like unique bottles and stuff. Right. And, uh, and people didn't want to do it. Cause they're like, so I have to pay you more and then I have to do more work. And then you might give me some of that back. And dude was like, if you just bring me the bottles and cans, they come here anyhow to drop them off. So I'll give them to them and you give me the money. And it became this huge thing. And it, wow. it like, yeah, because Oregon, I, I really go into it in detail, uh, so feel free to check it out. That one will drop. Uh, I have this plan on my Patreon where I kind of want to make everything public ultimately, right? So when I get up to 100 followers, I'll make the whole thing like just available for public all at once. Uh, but right now I'm releasing each episode weekly. So that episode will be in a couple of weeks. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all good. Right can on, you, though. Can you... Uh... Well, can you take us back? Can you start us? Can you tell us the start of the story of Plaid Pantry, or or how much do you have? Yeah, yeah, I can I can give you like a like a quick version of it. In, Absolutely. In, oh, so in like 1962, this guy John Pancinetti, and I'm going to say his name wrong, so we're just going to call him Papa John. That's what Papa uh, John. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, Rochelle Cody was my co-host on these, uh, and she was really helpful. At, at nice. she was the one that came up with calling him Papa John. Uh, but uh, Papa John is this, he's the son, first generation son of an Italian immigrant. And his dad uh, benefits from a lot of things going on in America at the time. He flees, his dad flees Italy because fascists are taking over. And he starts a new life in America. He gets involved with uh, the stonemasons, which is like a labor union. And that kind of sets him up to live the American dream of work hard, buy your own ha home, and your kids do better than you. And so his, his middle son is John and John works his way up through business and starts by buying his own. Um, I go into the distinctions between them in the podcast, but long story short, the tier rankings of, of businesses at this time is kind of the same as they are now. You have these big supermarkets that sell everything. You have individual grocery stores that are a little more accessible, but have kind of less stock. And then you have these corner stores are brand new in the sixties. And they they don't have nearly as much stock as they do today, but they have the little stuff that you're missing along the way. So uh, it's easier for poor people to access them, but the prices are all marked up just like it is now. And he gets to the top of like the supermarket chain as far as he can get 
on his own and realizes like, oh, I'm never going to be more than like a regional supervisor at Safeway if I stay here. So he starts his own business. He buys his own grocery store and finds out about uh, convenience stores as they're coming up. And he figures out this big business innovation that if you're open an hour later than your competitors, you get the business that they don't get because they were closed. And yeah. and and he becomes a literal millionaire. Like in and in nineteen sixty two dollars. Like it's it. You could arguably say he was pretty. He was the equivalent of like like Steve Jobs at the time in a in a weird not not exact parallel way, but like in a oh. in a similar. He's just unreasonably rich and a celebrity, and he has influence in politics too. Like he helps. Uh, he gets put on the TriMet Council uh, and all this weird stuff. And then the thing that really bumps his business up is Portland is consolidating into a city. All our suburbs are uh, like I live in Lentz. I don't know where you guys live, but Lentz used to be a city name or a township named Errol that didn't have police or, or elected officials. And the power would go out all the time. <laughs> like it was dirt poor, but it was dirt cheap. And eventually Portland buys it up and raises raises the cost of things with taxes but then you get police and you get you get like a sewer department that works in lights right so he benefits because he's opening his businesses in these places as portland is buying them up so like it kind of creates this identity this idea of like a portland identity and plaid being part of it right yeah and um and then he does that model yeah and and that's kind of what they rely on too and then he he invents the bottle return process and it, it makes him a national celebrity. Like he goes and meets the president and he goes to Congress and it's just like, if you guys only give them like half the money for it and <laughs> keep the other half, like it's it's just it's it's insane to me because a lot of the things he says are real intuitive, where you're like, Yeah, of course, but then nobody else was doing them. So thinking like, rich is, off of it. This is why everyone wants to time travel. Because it's so much easier to have the first idea of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he, and you know, he, there are things like, that we just understand already that if we went back, we'd be like, yeah, no, we should definitely just do this because this is a thousand times more efficient. And they'd be like, dude, here's all of the money. My, my personal like conspiracy theory is that a lot of great people in history, like Julius Caesar was time traveler. That's my personal because we don't actually know what Caesar looks like. We don't know, like, like we don't know for sure that he even wrote the books he wrote. So I have this theory that, like, when you're a time traveler, you, you can only go back to one place and you have to do the thing Caesar did. But, like, so many people go back that it, like, just takes care of itself because everybody wants to be right. Caesar or, or whatever, right? <laughs> and you're just, you're just the first, Caesar was just the first guy to be like, hey, I could be the boss of everything and you guys could still have it nice. And like the rich people who are like, nah, I don't like that stat. <laughs> but like, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm a nerd on on that too. Well, it's like Does that the me though. Oh, you go ahead. It's it's like the example of uh, say you're a huge fan of Beethoven, and you just love Be- Beethoven and everything. So what you do is you go back, you you take like some original, you buy some original Beethoven folios, you go back in time to get him to sign them because you're such a big fan. But as a cause or as an effect of you going back in time, then Beethoven doesn't exist, but there you are with some original Beethovens. So you then become Beethoven. So then who was Beethoven? Then Beethoven, did he exist to write them in the first place? So it's the bootstrap paradox because you can't, as Chris likes to point out, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So where does it start? 
but it it fulfills itself. So it was yeah. always every to everybody. Everybody's eventually Julius Caesar. That's that's exactly. I, 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 I like I love that. And Beethoven. So here's my question for that. Then though, does that mean that every time traveler that goes back to that moment already goes with the understanding that they're going to have just a shit ton of fun right up until the moment a bunch of people decide to stab them to death? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess so. But my, I guess, I guess to amend that, I assume, I assume history is in flux. So maybe like sometimes that's why we have that Berenstein Bears thing because sometimes sometimes whoever went back was Berenstein and whoever went back was Berenstein. Like that's that's yeah. that's how I answer. It. So like that's why we have all these alternate right. histories about what happened to people. Like yeah. like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter actually happened because some dude went back in time and fought vampires, but he fought them so well there's no more vampires, so someone else had to go back and be Abraham Lincoln. Like it's. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm making this up as I go, but it, it feels very it's, sound. I mean, it's <laughs> it's like the uh the Marvel multiverse theory where every slight <laughs> yeah. change possibility can cause something else, including the existence of time travel. Uh and I and I've always thought because sometimes you have you, okay, we're off on a tangent now, but I'm not we're we're not stopping. This is how the show works. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have deja vu like re, like and you're sure you're absolutely certain. that's just that's just your character reloading that's all it is well i think it's uh that's one possibility i'm not i don't want to like just stop any theories but in my personal thought was like that's like another universe where you've come to about the same decision at the same point in time left. and you're kind of like you're like oh right i've done this in another universe kind of thing can I get real wooey with you guys real quick? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, Let's do it. Super hard. So, okay. Some of the chicks I have the biggest crushes on are super wooey. <laughs> so I have a moment in my life that I can clearly remember where, and, and it used to happen a lot where I would be like almost clairvoyant with my dreams. Like I, I would know what was coming next on some days. Mm -hmm. Right. But it would usually only be small bits. And it was like, I, I think it was eighth grade graduation. We were going to Chena Lakes, right? And like, as I'm getting on the bus, I'm like, no, I know exactly where everybody's about to sit on this bus. And then that happened. And I realized I had dreamed like the entire trip. I was like, but it was from multiple perspectives. And so I just knew wow. shit that was going to happen that day. And I poked at things until I started a, uh, a seven girl girl fight on the beach there. Um, <laughs> And then after that, I stopped being allowed to have uh, these kinds of dreams. Like I stopped having the, the prophetic ability. I'm like, oh, okay. So karmically, that was a no-no. And you're not <laughs> supposed to abuse your power that way. That makes sense. You, you, got su um, you got superpowers and they were like, well, you actually know. We saw how, how, how quickly you abused me. <laughs> yeah, that like, took like, four years, buddy. That's... <laughs> You're the Loris Lowry novel we didn't get, where like the oh, giver yeah. stays and takes over and just becomes a tyrant. I have to give you mega points for bringing up the giver. One of my all-time books, well, very very good. I, I am super it. excited because I just found this out. Did you know there's sequels? I knew there. I knew she wrote another one. I didn't know if it was a direct sequel. Help me out. Here. She wrote. She wrote three other books. Um, the the immediate next one is Gathering Blue. I can't remember the name of the other two. I just listened to all of them. Oh wow! And, and none of them have 
none of them have that Apple moment, you know, where you're like, Oh, that's what's up. Right. Right. But they all have, they're all set in this kind of like post apocalyptic world, Right. but it's really accessible. And there's, there's different. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's all got that same kind of feel as the giver where you're like, Oh, I can see where this is also good stuff and bad stuff. And like, like it's not, I, I can see where you're saying, no, this can be good but sometimes it'll be turned bad. And it was very, it's the, the third book pissed me off because it has that thing where like the hero that there's a hero sacrifice. And I'm, I'm sick of like noble. <laughs> I'm sick of captain yeah. Cisco has to leave the station. Like I'm just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, I want a good guy to get a happy ending, especially the more I learn history, <laughs> the more I'm like, just one winner, dude. Like just one. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Chris, to catch you up, because you were throwing up questioning glances. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the Giver. Uh, I forget. I'm not sure when it came out. Like the, I want to say like the 80s or 90s kind of thing. But uh, Do you not know The Giver? I don't. Chris does not know. That's that. why Charlie's helping me out. Chris is more of a, well, I don't want to generalize you, Chris. You read a lot more like kind of bigger th- uh, epic fantasy and some sci-fi and stuff like that. Uh, no, that's that's fair. I just had it read yeah, to me in I school, about, and there there was that thing where that, I just assumed everyone had the same school experience. Yeah, me. we I read it at school for sure, uh, in like eighth grade or seventh grade, something like that. Um, it, it's definitely like a middle school book, and it's this. I know kind what of, happened. What? So okay, my my uh, GT scores were in reading comprehension in English. And so they put me in advanced classes starting in like fourth grade. So I just skipped that shit. That's what I got gotcha, you. Yeah. So there wasn't, yeah. yeah, you were your own story. <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I was, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I read it at some point because I saw kids reading it. I think my grandma might have also gotten it for me or something like that. But I read it at, around that time. But I read, I was reading fucking everything at that time. Um, and it, so it's set in kind of like a vaguely, like you said, it's it's a post-apocalyptic world, but we don't really get that right away. It's just kind of it's it's nothing's really set in stone until we kind of meet this character. So anyway, all these kids have to they're assigned a role essentially at, at the coming of age area or, or time. Okay. And this other kid is kind of set aside. He's not joining his friends, and he's told he's gonna be meeting he will be the receiver, right? Is that yeah, yeah, he'll be the receiver, and this other guy will be the giver. Do you do you, do we do we spoil a ten, a twenty, a thirty years story? Do we? Well, and Chris, there is a movie starring Jeff Bridges, which is you know okay. Uh, I have not seen it, but I've heard it's. I've heard not bad things. Yeah, I haven't I thought, heard bad things. I would rate it uh, as adaptations go. Uh, I would rate it with the Ender's Game adaptation, which I thought was great, and I had a Harrison Ford okay. in it. Uh, I, it was pretty good. Uh, it, they kept most of the stuff. I think they added a little bit more action to obviously keep it interesting. And yeah, it, yeah. it was one because it was the movie came out just after like it was Hunger Games and Maze Runner, which are books that came out yeah. later. But they were okay. looking for that kind of like teenage and yeah, and the Giver is much. It's intentionally much chiller and much yeah. more like it's much more psychological for a kid's story too. Like it's it's a it's a weird like it's. You like like he was saying like Charlie's saying it's like a slow burn where like eventually you get this big reveal of like 
the bad side of socialism, I guess, would be kind of the way like like yeah. that that people are like medicated into being subservient and so they never get excited and everyone's life is sort of decided for them by kind of an algorithm. I don't know I don't even know if we know what decides yeah. people's just but, like, but 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 you just assign jobs. Yeah. And so it's it's and then it becomes kind of a, a it's way less freedom fighty than the than the Hunger Games is for goddamn sure. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. more my style acts of resistance where it's like fuck you guys. I'm just gonna go do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna not. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is my favorite form of resistance. The more I like find the out about things like 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 uh. uh historically like like the civil rights movement and stuff like my favorite things are the times people just do like very like nah i'm good i don't have to <laughs> like like rosa parks is awesome almost i mean for a whole lot of reasons but the fact that like her whole protest was i'm just gonna sit like this <laughs> i'm tired i'm sitting <laughs> yeah that's some very powerful shit it's <laughs> great yeah, she, like they worked it out because she was part of like a local uh, movement or, or group of people. Yeah, and they were like, and she, you know, if this, if, you know, it wasn't like decided that she was going to sit, but she was decided that she was going to do something, kind of thing, and and it just kind of that presented itself. Yeah, there were. Um, there's a pardon me. One of the one of the goals with recyclables with my thing is to give people educational resources to find things. And one of the things I've used to, uh, to limited success with great enjoyment is Yale has like courses online. So you can like watch the lecture series and there's a lecture series on uh, emancipation to like Barack Obama of black history. And they, they, they go in depth into that in particular and how like there was a lot of groups and there was, there was, I think drunk history has an episode about specifically the fact that there were a number of young people who were like putting their lives on the line. And she was somebody who was like, why the fuck are we sending babies to die? Right. And and grown men didn't want to do it because like they didn't want to go to prison and shit, which is, I mean, pretty, pretty reasonable, but she was part of that. There, there, there's just a strong tradition of like black women who are like, who who have that kind of attitude of like the fuck are you guys doing like i'm just gonna sit here just fuck you that i that i really respect uh i think it was this most recent season or the season before on doctor who which this (laughs) i know there's a new the new series of doctor who is like you know they're trying to be more socially conscious and aware which is great uh i don't know if it totally plays off is that like the 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 flavor of the series is not the same, but whatever. It's still Doctor Who. It's space time travel. I'm going to like it. I have, but, I have strong opinions about this as well. Go ahead. Okay. But the episode where they have to, they, they, for some reason, they go back in time to that area at the, just before the Rosa Parks had her famous, you know, ev- moment and event. And they have to, their enemy is racism, and they have to somehow <laughs> make Rosa Parks sit in the seat because there's nowhere else to sit or something. And the thing that bugs me about the whole episode is, is that, like, in order to help the black lady, they have to actively not help the black lady. And yeah. it's like, it's the it's surreal shit where you're like, you guys could still get her to the bus and, like, 
maybe maybe make her day easier along the way to the bus <laughs> and then and then like you don't have to take credit even you could just be like hey we were it's my 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 thesis on this whole season of doctor who is that like the the or the last series ish is that it's very uh on the on the on the scale of like of of progressive progressive liberal uh uh like anarchist it very much has kind of joe biden solutions <laughs> when i'm looking i guess to make it more mainstream when i'm looking for bernie sanders answers and like they're, yeah. they're just always like let's do the joe biden thing doctor who and that's just <laughs> i can't think of a lesson that they this way. say that they're being progressive all the time <laughs> yes yes because Look so at, in, in this most recent uh couple seasons right the companions are an old white man and then like a 20 something black man and a 20 something pakistani woman like a woman of pakistani descent but all living in uh where's the new series set anyway sheffield yeah which is which is like that's that's good representation for for what London actually is because London is an empire that conquered a bunch of places and then said yeah and absolutely yeah. <laughs> totally fits the uh, growing demographic of England, uh, at, but then the image of these two twenty something you know people that blocking these seats <laughs> on the yeah. bus so that Rosa Parks has to choose a particular seat it's and a little like, weird. <laughs> And like the the bus driver is the wrong kind of racist or some shit. Like he's like he's like he's he's so racist he's gonna let her on or some shit. And they're like, we gotta stop that. Like it's very, it's it's just it's very much like this this last few seasons of Doctor Who makes sense to people in Portland, but not people who believe in Portlandia, but not people who live in Portland. Yeah. Uh, other examples of enemies are. Uh, right, there's so much plastic in the oceans that these aliens are attacking the plastic because they feed on plastic or something. And the solution is, yeah, and the solution is to do nothing, if I remember right. They, like, sh- the they, shoot, they shoot a rocket into the air and somehow that fixes everything. That, that's definitely the Joe Biden answer. Or like they, yeah. they there's a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. They they it's do what? the episode about about Afghanistan leaving Pakistan and then they don't oh mention the God. part where like Britain had a huge role to play in that and they're like no it yeah. was just social it was just a social issue and you're like you you mean the part where they're like no this part's Muslim and this part's not good luck don't kill each other like that that had no impact on it oh my God <laughs> sorry uh-huh. and like. I, I'm only laughing about this shit because like I've only found out about it. So the more the more it's it's equally funny to me that I'm like, I'm I'm on high school dropout and I know these things you're doing are wrong are wrong. Like <laughs> you guys went to college and you still got this wrong. Like <laughs> this is the opposite of I don't know how you did it. All of your math is wrong, but you got the right answer. <laughs> This is you did all the right math. Why why are you launching a rocket of trash into space? That's not the solution. That's not. No, no, no. Jeffrey why Bezos are... said that we need to send all of the trash to space and all of the workers to space. That makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean if you watch Cowboy Bebop, there was no consequences for when we did that. There was no none. 
None. We got the world's smartest corgi, which is the most adorable genius. Okay. Einstein. I can get both of those titles. I fucking it, I want a corgi so bad because of that show. It's it's I weird that that's like the main takeaway I had though was I want a fucking corgi. <laughs> I want a spaceship full of ambiguously sexual bounty hunters for the same reason. I mean, I ambiguously sexuality fantasy, whatever. Me that though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's where I got that one. <laughs> this could this could practically take place in like. Sorry, I like doing that when you're like it's all one bit space opera. I'm like you could you could you could cowboy bebop into. Uh, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, Firefly pretty easily. Oh, those yeah. two, yeah, that. those two mesh. Those would be great. I yeah, yeah I lo- I love stuff like that. Uh, I know Chris. I know we've talked about Red Dwarf before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that looks good. Dwarf. And um and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and and even Doctor Who. I think all three of those could work together pretty well. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> yeah, just vaguely British stuff in space. <laughs> and that what's that Simon Pegg one? Um, actually, oh. I guess really any of the Simon Pegg universe oh. could fit into the same the... universe as Doctor Who. But I was thinking Bar at the End of the Universe or... No, oh, yeah. Bar, uh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I... Something God like that. It. The World's End, I think. Is it. World's you. End, yeah. That World's End. Uh, that, yeah, that would fit. And um, uh, Nick Frost had his own show called Hyperdrive. Uh, that would also fit. <laughs> is that like, is that like British Orville or uh, Orville? Whatever yeah, that is? yeah. But it was about 2007, and uh, it's it's kind of I don't know. It's really goofy. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like workplace humor in space. <laughs> no, I can see I like that. How... Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was I was long tangent about Star Trek. Just I've been rewatching them, and I. I, I've come to appreciate the fact that the next generation in particular is just office work in space. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the office in space. I, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can never be mad. I love TNG. I can't, I can't stay away. I, 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 I tricked my kid. I say I tricked, I tricked my kid into watching it and that like, I just never forced him to watch it. And I would start, I, I'd started rewatching it. And he just won't like like he won't do anything else when it's on because he's just like this is so good. Is like we watch the, the Data Lord. Uh, we we get the Ferengi a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and, and uh, we watched the one where Data meets his brother, and he was like, oh, yes. he was like, Dad, I think I think I know how this is. This going to happen? I'm like, I can't. I can't tell you. You're right. I can't tell you. Yes. <laughs> TNG with the Ferengi in particular is interesting. Let me nerd out for a second in that. Uh, so Gene Roddenberry, I didn't know this, but he was a huge, like not necessarily meth head, but he loved his accelerants, like Coke and meth, uh, yeah. because he would just, he would just stay up all night writing scripts. Right. And uh, he wanted the Ferengi to be new Klingons based specifically on capitalism but like i guess i guess shit kept going wrong between like productions and they wouldn't come out the way like the the just it wasn't apparent the same way and that's why when we got to deep space nine the ferengi are kind of like wedged in there because somebody the the army whoever the guy that plays quark is uh auditioned for the role and kind of pushed for like this was what they were going for with ferengi can you guys actually do this in in your series yeah uh 
<laughs> and and Deep Space Nine, I just finished too. That one was uh, that. I think so far the fewest skip episodes, like the fewest. The, the viewers where you're like no the, the the opening scene tells me what the next 45 minutes of my life are thank you <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's a lot of those in tng uh and especially like especially season, season one and season, even season, some of season two but yeah. like then you get to like season five and there's like six in a row that are like i just watch repeatedly because i'm like yeah. from from uh relics to like then it's schisms which is awesome and it's just like just like five in a row i'm just like yes these are actually all sick <laughs> potentially most skippable is voyager but the problem is when voyager is not skippable the rest of the time it's really really solid so it's hard to it's hard to equate that math the same way like because <laughs> there's there's you're like oh, crap what's the episode i just watched there's just an entire episode of people fighting in a room, like just arguing in a room uh, on an elevator. And I'm like, this didn't need to be a Star Trek episode at all. Like, <laughs> They made a fantastic episode of Archer. So I don't understand why you wouldn't do it Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's funnier when it's Archer because like... The- the the part of my brain that knows how production works, they they spend money on elevator episodes because they don't have a lot of money. But then when you spend money, you spend the same amount of money on animation, no matter what the scene is. So it's yeah. like a huge joke to me that they're like, let's spend the whole episode in an elevator. We can go anywhere. Elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, when I run into deja vu moments now, though, Okay. Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it always feels like either something really good or something really bad is about to happen. And I like I don't know and it's usually the moment itself has nothing to do with what's about to come. I just get that one moment of recognition where I get to go, "Oh cool, I get to watch out for things for like a day so, and a half and see what happens." So, uh- do you do you try to push that button still then? That, that's my question. It's like I I have this thing where when I was really young, I would have uh, traumatic nightmares just because my life is trauma. And uh, what I found out is you can if you set like an alarm for every hour and ask yourself, am I awake? Eventually, you start doing it in your sleep. And so I would get out of terrifying dreams because I would be like, oh, I'm not awake. This is a dream. And now I don't I never have fantastical dreams because I'm always like, I can't fly. I know better. And so I'll have dreams where I'm just walking around the corner. And so I'm curious, do you do that in life now where you're like, I can't fly. I'm not going to, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, Well, so here's what's weird about that. I also had a, uh, a pretty awful fucking childhood. And so nightmares were also an early thing for me, but you and I had different solutions. Uh, my solution was to learn to lucid dream. So I will be mm. in that dream and go, oh, okay, the laws of this universe don't work in my favor right now. Uh, but I'm dreaming, so fuck this. <laughs> that speaks very much to a person, like, to, to individual responses to uh, a tragedy <laughs> that you're like, I will take this to my advantage. And I'm like, I will deny everything about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, okay, well, now we're moving into dream territory. The movie Waking Life, they mention some ways uh to um i don't know if you've ever seen this this movie no i haven't haven't. 
so Richard Richard Linklater, who did Slacker, and he's done the is this uh, animated? Buff. It is. Well, that's what's interesting. It was filmed, and then they animated over it, so they had artists. It's, okay, it's okay. the one. It's the one right before that weird one with Keanu Reeves and the drug problem, right? It, he he directed yeah. it right. Uh, Scanner Darkly. He directed it right Scanner before Darkly. Scanner Darkly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know I know about it because I like Scanner Darkly and heard about that one, but I'd never, I never hadn't seen it. So the the whole thing is just it's random discussions uh, with characters about dreaming, and the the thing is, so in the beginning of the movie, they say, "Well, even after you die." your brain can stay active for up to 12 minutes. Well, think about like when we're dreaming, that's only a few seconds right before we wake up. So 12 minutes in that state could be another whole lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then this guy gets hit by a car and, or, or we don't see it happen. We don't know, but he's just like wandering around through this dreamscape kind of thing. And just people are talking about dreams. And sometimes it's actual scientists talking about dreams. And sometimes it's just like, actors talking like having conversations but they say is like when you walk into a room uh every time you walk into a room turn the lights on and off because in a dream light levels won't change so if you just get into the habit of doing that the lights won't you'll know change. you'll know and that's one of the things and then but count what if your... that's not true if what the... if what if that yeah what if this is the dream well, and then it's... when you dream in your dreams the dream rules don't work okay well then there's i mean there's multiple <laughs> hey, let me eat a few more of these mushrooms <laughs> no, no 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 i mean when i hit lights in my dreams they work okay well like, that's what i'm saying there's mo- like, okay well, that's you... what i'm saying there's multiple there... methods chris that's what i'm saying <laughs> okay. these are just these are I'm just things it. to get yeah. in the habit of doing so you can check so you count your fingers because sometimes that's inconsistent your brain doesn't you're, you don't think about we're looking at hands right uh sometimes like look at a clock and sometimes like you know because clocks in a dream won't always have the same like getting the habit of checking the time because the clock won't have the right time or it won't make sense or something like that you know as and as the same thing as you were saying like saying are you awake like poking your hand or pinching yourself just get getting in the habit of doing that because when you do it in a dream then that can be a trigger Mm-hmm. you're like oh i am dreaming so that that the kind of ties into this I, but anyway they talk about that in the in the film and then he does it and he's like oh i'm dreaming and then they're like and well, then he that, wakes up well does he i'm not gonna spoil it oh oh <laughs> so you're a better person than me i ruin everything <laughs> from from movies to orgies ruining things <laughs> since 1984 patrick thomas perkins <laughs> It's I am I am jealous of that ability to have lucid dreams because like I I seriously remember the last time I had like a fantastical dream was uh like during I got a vasectomy and I fell asleep in the car and had a dream where I was like, man, I don't want to be in my body. Fuck it, I'm gonna fly right now. And that was like seven years ago, and that was the last time I remember having like a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least i gotta fly <laughs> <laughs> i've been having more dreams lately and that's i uh, i'm thinking it's because i'm trying to work on my sleep schedule i would now work early so i wake up early so i'm trying to go to bed a little earlier just and keeping in that habit and then trying like some like trying to actually think like when do i have to go to sleep to get eight hours so then the last few nights i've had pretty wild dreams uh i don't remember anything specific but uh chris adopted like a bunch of animals for some reason and i mean and chris a bunch of puppies and, well yeah, it was like there was, was like, like there were weird animals that were like 
uh, you said they were endangered, so we had to save them or something. So like, uh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> there was like a weasel or something, and then it like turned into Sid the cat and just bit my hand again. And I'm just like, great. Uh, and I was like, with this my... is like actually this wasn't a dream. This was my plan. <laughs> Chris used his superpowers on no, you. We just still have Sid. <laughs> well, that, that works too, evidently. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, he's cute. Um, yeah, and then he's I adorable, a, but an asshole yeah, is what happens here. He's a dick. Uh, a cat. Yeah. Yes. Big. Cat. <laughs> he's a he's a large cat too. Like fucking huge. <laughs> like I don't. I love when cats. No, I love when cats do that. When you're like, I don't think you're the same species as the rest. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, so this is my girlfriend's cat. And she tells me that when she got him, the person who gave him to her says that he's part bobcat. And like, she's convinced that it's like true just because this cat is so big. I would, I could totally imagine like maybe like a quarter bobcat or something like that. Cause he's, he's large. He looks like a cat. He's not like exceptionally pointy or furry or anything. He's, he's a normal short hair cat, but he's large. <laughs> He's so heavy. He is. But he's, he's not good. like super fat. He's just heavy. It's a lot of muscle. And and cats are like that when they because they have extra skin so they can scoot skirt through places. You know, like anything like a cat's head can fit into, it can fit its whole body. It it's yeah. so crazy. And rats the same they're, thing. They're, so wild. They're they're nature's perfect assholes. Like they're just, oh yeah. They're just, they're just like they're they're the perfect killing machine that can't kill much and they know it and like it's they've got the weird ego to match i i uh as a as a my my grandmother that raised me was a hoarder and had like 99 cats at one point and it is uh insane that like they all still had personalities which is just obnoxious like you just have 99 things that resent you in addition to grandma like it was very it was a very but all for their weird. own reasons yeah yeah like 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 there was three that liked me and like that's that's a that's an emotional blow when when three percent of the household population is like nah <laughs> or only three percent is like yeah yeah <laughs> i was like you're fine i guess you can I got stick lower around. approval rate you got lower approval ratings than mike pence <laughs> yikes <laughs> hang mike pence Anyway, <laughs> okay, but can we talk about can we talk about the former the former president? Uh, okay, okay, are, hold on, let's let's move back a little bit. Are you aware <laughs> of the moon cult of Korea? Uh, the, this have you heard of this? Nope. Okay, this is, this is the, I believe this started in the seventies, but we're gonna we're gonna double check that. I love it when Charlie does this. Oh. A soul boner just got so hard. I'm uh, excited to fuck this conversation up. Okay, Sun Myung Moo, right? So he's a Korean guy. He was born in 1920. He was a re- <laughs> and he was a religious leader, and he claimed to be Jesus Christ, and he, and that when he died, he would then come back as Jesus. And he was he was just like letting people know, okay, everybody get in my in my thing, uh, and then. You know, then when I come back as Jesus, it's gonna did be great. He, did, did he know about my time travel tourism idea, <laughs> and that was his plan? 
<laughs> Turns out Jesus was an Asian guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me. Uh, okay. I gotta go back. Uh, I want to show you. I want to show you the uh, the picture. So we have an idea of what this gentleman looks like and and who he is. Uh, where am I? Boop. Uh, share screen. Boom. Boom. Boop. <laughs> okay. So this is the this is the gentleman in question. Sun Young Moon. So this is this is April 2010. So he's still going till pretty recently. He died in 2012. Uh, looks exactly like Jesus. Like if the yeah. audience looks him up, same same hair, I would have. Yeah, no, I can. <laughs> there he is. Uh, he was criticized for making high demands of his followers. His wedding ceremonies also drew criticism, especially after. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, you know, you fucked up as a religious body when your followers are like, "That's a bridge too far." Whatever it is. <laughs> When 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 you when you're the direct messenger of God and whatever you ask is too much, you know you've gone too far. He he was criticized for his relationships with political and religious figures, including Richard Nixon, H. W. Bush, W. Bush, <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, Kim Il Sung, and Nation of Nation of Islam leader uh, Louis. <laughs> anyway, so Donald Donald J. Trump uh, spoke. <laughs> Spoke at the Moon Moody's Church yesterday <laughs> on the uh, on the 20th anniversary of 9/11. Uh, he spoke to a church of a Korean cult leader. Uh, oh, so that that's this cool. was <laughs> just say this what? was. <laughs> I I did it. It was me. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, what what the shit timeline are we in? Dude, is it Harambe or is it the Large Hadron Collider? I want to know which one. <laughs> I I believe in LHC. I I can I can see that. Yeah. Chaos theory. Hank is the half moon, a tremendous person for this. Isn't this this the, if this is if this is like a fake? They faked his 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 uh his way of speaking really well. Sorry, I'm reading your your thing there, and I got oh, a little yeah. excited. Uh, looking back today, it's easy to forget how dangerous the situation was when I was elected. Missiles were flying. Nuclear weapons were being tested. And powerful threats were being issued every single day. He's talking about Korea. I did most of them. <laughs> He's talking about North say? Korea to a Korean-based religious order. Uh, but he's where 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 is he having the he's he's obviously in America where he's having I'm kind of curious about that because I wonder uh, uh, Unification Church uh, I don't know where that is but anyway then the other yeah. the other thing he did yesterday this busy man uh, oh. I'm, I'm pulling it's it funny because I think he's incredibly lazy. But no. This poor unfortunate soul. <laughs> it is you. You do got to imagine Donald Trump thinks he works very hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he works like, very hard in a jughead fashion. He's he's very much an open mic energy. <laughs> that's 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 what that's what really that is personally what infuriated me oh. uh, so For particular about you, Trump. That are not comedians. That's probably the most insulting thing that PTP could say. <laughs> and, well, just because I mean, like, dudes at open mics who who just who we cast as open micers are these guys that like think they have all the answers. They they think showing up and getting drunk is the work. 
Like they don't, they don't think writing or, or performing is the work. They're like, I did this dumb thing and that's the work. And then, and then I'm like, no, I spent an hour making sure I was going to say this 20 minutes right. Like that's, that's the work. Like, <laughs> and I know that kind of person because I used to be that kind of person. So <laughs> I've definitely been an open mic. I, I did yeah. start that way. I'm glad I did most of that in Alaska and then moved when I realized that that was not the way to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did it for like, I did it for like 10 years and then like took a break and was like, oh, that's what I was doing wrong. I see now. <laughs> anyway. So what, what, was he, what was his other thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> what he did was uh, he did commentary for the Evander Holyfield fight last night. <laughs> so Evander Holyfield is a no-hold guard. No uh, Vitor Belfort. I don't know that guy, but that's who was fighting Evander Holyfield. And uh, you can you can buy a replay featuring the president's alternative commentary. <laughs> Just like... What do you mean God. alternative commentary? Like the other guys... You know, the normal commentators commentated. Or you could choose the Donald Trump version, but why would you? You, <laughs> like, yeah, would you, you can. Basically, um, they split Joe Rogan. They split Joe Rogan in half. <laughs> and they told you. <laughs> they told now you the you MMA commentary. Yeah, yeah. Which, which half of Joe Rogan do you want? I think, I, I think that me. Are going to go Trump? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, the, the problem I have that a lot of people don't like part of the reason I want to do um, part of the reason I'm trying to do a podcast that's pseudo like helping people uh, educate themselves is because like I know a lot of people personally who don't care about what Trump represents but also hate everything that like Joe Biden and Clinton are and it's very it's frustrating to me that because of that they think Trump is an alternative because they don't know we don't know how to find answers the same way like I just right. I, I don't people don't think of third parties as an option for example or, or shit like that and so like that was kind of not not to be too ADHD and bounce around a lot but like talking about Trump That's... makes me realize like yeah fair fair everything and nothing but it, it, it definitely like, uh, I'm sure Chris has heard my bit, but I have a bit about how, like, I don't like to think of myself as poor white trash. I like to think of myself as poor white recyclables. Like, I want to get rid, and that's just to say, I want to get rid of the trashy part, and I want to make something <laughs> new of myself. Yeah. yeah and that's okay. the whole, that's the whole goal of the podcast. And that's also because, like, I don't, uh, psychology shows when you identify a certain way. If you say, I'm a piece of shit, eventually your brain is like oh it's the same thing like with the am i awake eventually your brain's like oh i'm a piece of shit and so like centuries of th there's a really good book about it called poor white trash 400 years of class something like that and it's about the fact that like the first colonists to america were basically homeless people like they just they took the homeless people from the street put them in like North Carolina and we're like alright you know how to farm now right <laughs> I know you've just spent 17 years on the street of, of London begging and prostituting go build a farm go log a cabin like go 
do all that. And then, like, of course they all died. They didn't know what the fuck to do. But we just kept throwing poor people with the problem until enough of them stuck around. Patrick Thomas Perkins, I do want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, yeah, thank Charlie. you for letting me. Oh. Oh, I, you, go ahead. I was going to say thank you. Oh, I was going to say thank you guys, too. And, and check out Recyclables on Patreon and Spotify. And then I was going to let you continue. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, thank you, Charlie, for doing this thing like you do every week. And thank you for everybody listening here, whether it's on Shady Pines Radio every Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Or if it's on Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, just thanks for being here and uh, have a good one. All right. Well, there's another one sealed away in a hyperbolic chamber and uh, kept safe for for the rest of time for posterity. Um, that was great. Uh, thank you so much, PTP, for being on. And uh, thank you for having me. Joining us, uh, guys. Did we learn anything today? Um, I learned. Uh, oh, I was going to say I learned that this entire time I could have just used my phone and had a podcast. I didn't need. <laughs> I didn't need friends or equipment. I had it all from in this Android. <laughs> the answers were inside your phone all along. <laughs> the real podcast is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by... No, we don't have sponsors, guys. Um, Let's see. I learned about uh, um, the giving people. The giver. The, oh, the giver. giver. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I learned, guys. I learned so well. <laughs> the giving people, uh, I like that. That's really a stuck. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, uh, receives things and gives what's its. Absolutely, I uh, fucking love that book. Um, <laughs> uh, as always, we learned fuck capitalism. Uh, Amen. Very much. Very much. Um, PTP, you, uh, you actually know things and stuff and like like promoting yourself so please please where can people uh get to you, uh, you and can... learn more, more about the recyclables um you can you can type in that very easy to type word recyclables after patreon.com or you can search it in on spotify the image on spotify is a cartoon version of me smoking a joint drawn by my friend butterface uh creations so or butterball I won't say his name. I'm drawn by my friend. Uh, it's, it's an image of me being uh, on stage smoking a joint. Uh, but the, the show is called Recyclables. We've got episodes right now out about the cost of convenience. But we're going to have episodes coming up that cover the Roman Emperor Diocletian, the man responsible for the part where Orkin had a... We had a point in our law where it was legal to be a slave and illegal to be a freed person. And I'm going to do kind of a history of that guy and how just that judge that made that happen. And also some uh, more leftish terms like socialism and how they apply to us will be another episode. So please check that out. Patreon and Spotify, The Recyclables. Wow. That, what a professional. Uh, and watch me <laughs> flub it immediately after. Uh, you can find us, Everything and Nothing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, to listen to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts, except for those couple that don't carry us for whatever reason, and they should. Uh, and uh, yeah, patreon.com slash everything podcast. 
And of course, you can listen to us live on the air. Chris, when's that happen? That is every Thursday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. That's it. There it is. It's the only thing I know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any last words for our guests? Thanks again, guys. And, just and just thanks audience. again. I... All right. Shady Pines Radio. Bye, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bye.